0: Right, we're we'll continuing in Luke. We're in uh, Luke chapter 12 <coughs> and we're looking at verses 13 to 21. Luke chapter 12. How many of you have uh, been enjoying going through the book of Luke? Oh, I see one hand. anybody else? <laughs> <Well>? <laughs> All right, let's look at Luke chapter 12. And we're reading verses 13 to 21. Luke 12, 13 to 21. And it says, Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who appointed me a judge and arbitrator over you? Then he said to them, beware, be on your guard against every form of greed, for not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. And he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself saying, what shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many good things laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your soul is required of you. And now who will own What you have prepared, so is the man who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Lord, we just ask you to speak to our hearts as we uh, look into your word in these verses. And Lord, help us to understand uh, what Christ is trying to teach us through these verses and through this parable. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So as we uh, continue through the book of Luke in chapter 12, thousands of people are coming to hear Jesus Christ. Thousands of people. And uh, in this crowd, uh, someone in verse 21 says to him, Teacher, tell my brother to define the family inheritance with me. That's an interesting request, isn't it? I mean, here's Jesus doing all these things, Things. What is Jesus' message? His message is, my kingdom is not of this world. There's, you have to understand I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the way to heaven. There's another kingdom. This world is temporary. And so this man is crying out to Jesus. But what is he doing? He wants Jesus to use his authority to have his brother divide the inheritance. And you say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, obviously Jesus thought there was a lot wrong with that because of his response. But Jesus says to him, man, who appointed me a judge and arbitrator over you? In other words, Jesus said to this man, that's not my purpose. My purpose is not to to help you judge man's affairs. I have a higher purpose. And, And then he goes on to a dialogue that further explains what he saw in this man's request. And it has to do with covetousness or greed. Okay? Um, So let's look at what he says here. He says in verse chapter 15, I'm sorry, chapter 12, verse 15, he says, and he said to them, he said to the audience at large, he said, beware and be on your guard against every form of greed beware and be on your guard. So he said two things to them. He said, number one, beware. Understand what greed is. Understand its definition. And once you understand it, the next thing is be on guard against it. So let's talk a few minutes about what is greed. What is greed? Most of the time, uh, I tell you a story. A man was um, working in one of the main streets in town, and uh, when he got paid every Friday as he came out, there was a homeless guy sitting outside, and he'd give that guy five bucks every Friday. One Friday, he didn't get paid. He came down and walked past the homeless guy, and the guy said, hey, come back, where's my five bucks? What do you think about that? Well, greed is not based on what you have. It's based on on what you think you should have. What you think you're entitled to. And though this man was homeless, guess what came out of him? Greed. Because that man did not owe him five dollars. That man was gifted him five dollars. But here, he began to be expected that. I should get this. It's mine. Take my money out of your pocket. So what is greed? Greed is an intense self-desire for something. Greed is often connected with money. A desire to acquire as much money as possible. You know, around Christmas time, we all love the story of uh, Scrooge. Right? Christmas Carol. And we see that Scrooge is, is, is enamored with money. That's his defining point. And in the story, he's just count, always getting up and counting his money, counting his money, until he has an epiphany where he has a nightmare and he realizes that life is more than that money and he changes. Unfortunately, most people never have that nightmare, never have that change. And they continue with that pattern. But greed is far deeper than a lump of money. It can refer to any kind of urge toward anything. Food, food can be a great source of greed. Look at me, you say, hey, this guy. He tips it over many times, yes. <laughs> you know, when you look at the buffets in America, all you can eat, and you see people eating till they can't even stand up anymore, right? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. We see greed is is, is a factor there. Um, not only food, but material possessions. People find so many clothes they can't even put them in their closet. I've seen women with hundreds of pairs of shoes for what? You know, guys with two or three cars in their driveway, um, and sometimes more. But greed can express itself in money. Food and possessions, but also, um, greed can turn ugly. Whether you're, um, when you're watching a greedy person, or you see greed at work in a a person's life, it's not attractive, is it? It's not attractive. When you see people pushing ahead of a line because they want something ahead of, you know, you see it on, what is that, Black Friday? You see more people hurt on Black Friday because of why? Greed. People want to get in there and get that before somebody else gets it. And that greed overspills so that they even trample people in the lobby of the stores trying to get in there and get that bargain. That's greed. Um, We see greed in companies in this country. Companies that take advantage of their workers to take advantage of tax loopholes to get ahead simply because of greed. We see companies that put people's health at risk and don't care because of greed. I was on a panel one time. We had to determine whether uh, one of the vehicle companies should be responsible because when they designed this 15-passenger van, they knew it had a propensity to roll and turn over at a certain speed. The fix, the change that would have cost a few hundred dollars. They didn't want to do it. So for a few hundred dollars, they risked, there were a couple accidents where people had fatalities. But they could have invested a few hundred dollars in each vehicle and kept that from happening. But greed, greed, you take $300 times thousands and thousands of vehicles, it's a lot of money. Look at the many recalls that we have now. We never had so many recalls. A brand new vehicle comes out. And there's a whole list of recalls that comes right behind it. Why? Because of greed. People take shortcuts. Um, Greed comes from an old English word, which means always hungry for more. Always hungry for more. We can become greedy for money, but also we can become greedy for fame. Greedy for possessions, greedy for attention, greedy for compliments or gifts, or even greedy for another person's time. You know, pastors have a difficulty with that because people want the pastor's time. They want him to drop everything and come to them when they're in need, forgetting, you know what, the pastor has a family too. He has responsibilities also. But there's a greediness that people feel. You know what? He's my pastor. He needs to drop everything and get over here and do this now. So greed can can come out in a lot of ways. Uh, Let me give you some factors about greed you might want to write down. Number one, greed steals life. In Proverbs 119 it says, so are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain which takes away the life of the owner thereof. Greed can lead people to death, their own death, or the death of others. Greed can put their family at jeopardy. Uh, Greed does not love. Greed overcomes love. Because in our greediness, it supersedes love. Greed is destructive. Greed is insensitive. It doesn't care about the other person. Greed ruins families. Ever seen greed ruin a family? I mean, that greed can come out in a lot of different ways. That The head of the family wants to get ahead so far that he doesn't care what happens to his family in his pursuit. Greed corrupts leaders and it makes them self-centered. Remember Jim and Tammy Baker? You know, greed got to them. They didn't start off that way. They were generally people who loved Jesus Christ and wanted to minister. But guess what? Millions of dollars started coming in. and next thing you know, uh, there were all kinds of waste of money in their lives. Sorry about that. Um, remember, remember what they said about the bakers? They had, what, an air conditioned doghouse? And things like that. Is that greed? Greed can really extend into a lot of things that are ungodly. Um, think about how greed powers the state lottery. How many people line up to buy a lottery ticket? Why? Their hope is they'll hit that big one. Millions, it gets bigger and bigger every time, doesn't it? Millions, 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 millions. And you see people lying all You know what your chances are getting that lottery? Very thin. <laughs> also with casinos and gambling, you know, uh, all you have to do is walk into a casino and see the people pulling the one-armed bandits, see the people sitting at the tables just throwing their money away. One woman in our church, uh, in the church I used to belong to, she came and said, please pray. My husband is taking the receipts from our business to the casinos every weekend, and he's losing it. Mm -hmm. Why? Because greed. My father himself was a racetrack addict. My father was a racetrack addict. And uh, we had to try to catch him before payday, before he got out of the business, because what? He'd be headed right for the racetrack. If he got to the racetrack, at the end he didn't have anything left. But you would ask him, why do you keep taking our money to the racetrack? Why do you keep putting it? Because I'm gonna hit the big one. I gotta I got lead on this horse. Like I got, guess what? Never happened. Never happened. But greed can drive us. It can drive us to do a lot of things. So Jesus says, In that verse he says, beware of greed, we just define greed, it's more than money, more than things we think, more than possessions, greed can go deep. But be on your guard against every form of greed. Think through your life. Is there greed that surfaces in your life? Is there greed that surfaces in your life in any kind of way? If, if so, Jesus says, watch out for it. It says, for not even when one has an abundance, does his life consist of his possessions. What's he saying? He says, you know what? You can be greedy, and once you get all that you want, guess what? It's still not enough. It's still not enough. ha. Uh-huh. Alright, so then he goes and tells this parable. Let's look at this parable. What is a parable? Anybody tell me what a parable is? What is a parable? Somebody, someone just give me the an answer. What is a parable? Story. It's a story. And it's not just ordinary story. What else is it? Story with a lesson. It's a story with a lesson. Excellent. Who said that? Oh, God? Okay. That's right. That's what a parable is. And Jesus used that t- teaching mechanism throughout the New Testament. There's probably about 30 or 40 parables that Jesus told. And again, a parable is a simple story. There's no names used in a parable, but it's a simple story that points out the heavenly concept. So let's look at this parable that Jesus talks about. He says, <clears throat> just turn to my look for one second. He said, and, and, and he said, there was the land of a rich man was very productive. The land of a rich man was very productive. So how does this parable begin? It begins with a guy that is what? He's already rich. He's already rich. And now suddenly he's become richer. Because what? Because his land is very productive. And he begins to reason to himself. Let me me tell you the danger of reasoning to yourself. Whenever you look in the Bible, you see that phrase come up. And he said to himself. The next statement is usually disastrous. You know why? The Bible says, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding." but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. When we lean on our own understanding, in other words, when we begin to reason to ourselves without including God, we come to an erroneous conclusion all the time. So this rich man, he suddenly becomes richer. He begins to reason to himself saying, here's what he says to himself, what shall I do? I have a big problem. I have no place to store my crops. Wow. (laughs) Think about that. His big problem is I've got nowhere to store all this stuff that's coming in. Then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns, build larger ones, And there I will store all my grain and all my goods. Do people have that kind of solution? Yes. When God blesses people or people are blessed with more, they don't think about sharing. They think about, how can I hold on to what I have? How can I protect it against taxes? How can I protect? You know, a friend of mine um, put cable in the home of Rudy Carpenter. Anybody know who Rudy Carpenter is? He used to own the Philadelphia Phillies. Major, major rich person. And my friend said when he put the cable, this is for cable television years ago, when he put the cable into Rudy Carpenter's house, you know what caught his attention? In every single room was a loaded handgun and a loaded shotgun. In every single room. You say, why? Why? because he felt the need to protect himself, why? Because when you have that much money, you're at risk of people trying to kidnap people, you have people trying to break in, so he felt the need to protect himself, a gun in every single room. So is that the way we wanna live? Is that the way, we? you know, people put all these expensive security systems up, all this stuff, and guess what? People that put it in know how to get in. (laughs) But anyway, this man says, what will I do? I will tear down my old barns, I'll build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, I will say to my soul, not God, I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Is that the goal of many people? Yes, it is. I can't tell you how many people tell me, at retirement, I'm going to have it good. I've got my things lined up. I'm going to go to Florida. I'm going to go to the golf course. And guess what? Many of those people never make it. They never make it. They die just short of getting that pension, or they die just short of being able to enjoy uh, those things, or they get so sick that they can't do what they want to do. And what is God's response to this man? Because, you know, in the Rari Bible it says, man proposes, but God disposes. But God said to him, you fool. And God never uses those words carelessly, but He says to this man, "You are a fool." Why? This very night, your soul is required of you. I'm oh, sorry about that, this. That, that, that right. But God said to him, "You fool! This very night, your soul is required of you," and now. Who will own what you prepare? So, this morning, as we think about this, the Bible says, uh, Jesus says in uh, Scripture, He says, where your treasure is. First of all, He says, don't try to store up treasure here on earth where moth and rust come and thieves break through and steal, but build treasure in heaven where moth and rust don't come through and steal. These can't break through and steal. Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is going to be. So this morning, as we talk about this, as we talk about this concept of greed, where is your heart? Where is your treasure? Because God says there is no guarantees. What he's going to require account from us. Account for us. And this man, he says, this man was called to account and guess what? He had nothing. He had nothing to give God. He had nothing that God wanted. His material things, do you think that means anything to God? you think that's going to make any difference in his eternal home, his eternal destiny? No. You can't pay your way out of Hell, you can't pay your way out of eternal punishment. The only way you can escape that is through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And that's a free gift that's given to us. All we have to do is receive it. So as we wrap up this message, I just want to caution you. Look at your life. And see if greed is taken anywhere hold of your life. And if it's there, confess it and let it go. If not, it will trap you. And throughout scripture, if you look up the word greed and covetousness, you'll see many scriptures. Paul says that greed had ruined many lives and many believers, pierced them through with many sorrows. Uh, and especially leaders. Leaders can get caught up with greed. They can get caught up with wanting this and that, and it can destroy them. So let's pray. Dear Lord, I just thank you for this message for dealing with uh, greed and covetousness. I pray, Lord, it would cause us to look at our lives, cause us to examine why we do things, why we try to hold on to things when we should let them go, why we try to store up things when we should not store them up. And Father, show us how to live life that will bring glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. At this time we have... uh,